Are your phosphorus levels higher than they need to be? In this episode, we're going to talk about why you should lower your P levels and how you can go about effectively doing it. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. I've got Brewer Blessett, an independent agronomist who works with Johnny Varell, Matt Miles, and maybe even a couple of other Extreme Ag guys. And I've got Johnny Varell, Western Central, West Central Tennessee farm guy, and probably, let's just admit it, probably my favorite of all the Extreme Ag people to record with. And I don't just say that because he's on here. Um, why you should lower your phosphorus levels and how to do it. That's the topic we're addressing. And I like this topic because first off, there's gonna be environmental and regulatory reasons why we're probably gonna have no choice but to do this. Secondly, there's the economics part of it. Used to be fertilizer was cheap. You went out there and flinged it everywhere. What the heck, don't cost much. And now we're realizing we not only can get the same yield, we can maybe even get more if we more effectively manage this. And before we hit the record button, Johnny said, I wanna make sure that we're sharing. This is not, uh, just about uh, cutting back on something and then having a yield drag, we're getting the same or more yield. And we're just essentially taking that money we used to invest in P and putting it somewhere else. So I guess, give me the overlay here, uh, Johnny, and then I want to get the agronomics. Yeah. So like for us, we're always looking at new products coming out and where the right fit is for them. So everybody's wanting to start reducing phosphorus levels across the farm. And we're trying to figure out what products help us do that or what products we can use that help us keep that yield going in the upper trend. So one thing we always look at is don't add more cost to the inputs, let's reallocate the funds. So that's kind of my big thing is, is not keep making the budget go higher and higher on that crop, let's reallocate those funds and make the products work. And you know, working with somebody like Brewer really helps me hone in on which products are actually working and getting the biggest bang for our buck. Brewer, these guys spend a lot of money a lot of places, especially the extreme ag guys. They're not they're not the call the co-op and just uh and do you know do your prescription. They they absolutely and we talk about reapportioning money. Before we just talk about the ag agronomics, let's talk about the money. There's a lot of places they could cut back, but we chose P. It seems like from my learning, talking to you know, Chad talks about reapportioning uh budget and allocating differently for fertility. It seems like with new products that are out there, it seems like phosphorus reduction is maybe the lower hanging fruit to start with taking some money off the table and putting it elsewhere. Is phosphorus the first and easiest place to choose uh, reallocation? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say that somewhere between nitrogen and phosphorus, both um, are probably on the same rung of the ladder. Um, you know, from an agronomic perspective, uh, phosphorus fertilizers are only about 20% recovery. Nitrogen is only about uh, 40, 50%. Potassium is only about 30, 35%. So there's a lot of waste in general um, in those products. And so our understanding of how those things perform, we're generally over applying what we need and, and therefore some to some extent wasteful spending. In my experience, 
Go ahead. Well, I want to just hit those. Those numbers are big enough that the the I think, and I I'm not in any way being insulting. I think the average person that works in agriculture doesn't realize that our utilization rate is that low of something that we talk about macro applications of every fall and spring. You said that we only really plant utilization of the phosphorus is around 20% of what we put out there? That is correct. And then the nitrogen, give me that number again. About 40%, 40-45%. 40 to 45% that we actually get the benefit from. That's correct. And K, K was darn close 30, to... 35, yeah. <laughs> Do you think... I want to stop right there for a second. Johnny, did you know that five years ago? I did not. Did you know it two years ago? Two years ago, when fertilizer started going to nine hundred dollars a ton for DAF, you learn it. You learn what the cost really is of those products. Burr, you deal with farmers all the time. You had it in your before you. You know, you worked for corporate, and now you're working independently. When did this become common knowledge? Um, and I don't know that it's really common knowledge today, Damien. It's in a textbook, and it's been in a textbook textbook for a long time. As, uh, as industry has is, is kind of began to um, create things that improve the utilization of your mixed fertilizers um, or, or even fixed nitrogen, I think it's getting to be a, a more common talking point. But, I mean, it's, it's very valid. It, it is extremely valid. Um, but just as you just said, those are macronutrients applied on a macro scale. And everybody that farms has had a situation which they felt like they were in short and it was a massive, oh my gosh, you know. And so so the, the guttural reaction when you talk to somebody about cutting back on fertilizer is absolutely not. Uh, you, you mentioned Matt earlier. I fought with Matt Miles all day, all spring, trying to rein that back just a little bit on him because he's had that react, he's had that experience where it was a little short. Um, and and so the, what, what stimulates some of these trials on Johnny is I'm a big proponent of evaluating new products. Don't go crazy. But some of these products that allow us to scale back on that fertilizer, um, and, and just even if you go apples to apples and cut the, the cost of the product at the mixed fertilizer application, um, and then run those products and, and see how it works. Um, but but I do, uh, the first trial we cut this year, Damien, where we cut phosphate back by 25 pounds of P205, uh, the first trial was a 12 bushel increase in corn yields by cutting that one was triple super out of the VRF um, blocks. Uh, it, I was like, man, this has got to be a fluke. And I went back and checked the application maps. Well, the, the next trial that came out was actually Johnny's and it was a plus 15 on average. Now I'm not talking small blocks. I'm talking, you know, 30 or 40 acre uh, reps stuck out in 120 acre field. Um, but but it, it, it was eye opening, not just to me in every location where we had it, it was a, a net gain in yield just from the reduction piece, which to me is a wonderful thing because I can use this to help convince people to start trying to scale back. I want to get into the results, but I want to revisit because you did such a good job. And obviously you touch this every day, even a farmer that this this is worth revisiting because it's it's a hard one. You just talked about Matt Miles. Matt Miles is pretty forward thinking. Uh, he's not like a 90-year-old that's completely fixed in his ways. And it took you, what you say, you talked to him every day, all spring, to get him to even consider. And then he finally did a reduction. Because it seems, Johnny, 
counterintuitive. If I'm only utilizing 20% of the phosphorus that I put out there, and now you want me to cut back, it seems like, whoa, I'm already not getting much bang for it. It's very counterintuitive to think that somehow that's where we should cut back. If it's only utilizing 20% of what's out there, you think, well, you got to put more out. And that's kind of where we got to us to where we are today. Exactly. And actually this trial is talking about, we had it all planned out. We did the upfront fertility in front of the planters and then we accidentally sprayed the whole field. And when we did, we didn't know what that was going to do because it was a different trial we were going for. We just left it, took it to harvest. And that's when he started realizing the results that we were seeing is actually in reduced zones. We just accidentally treated the whole field with the, the phosphorus piece later on entirely instead of in zones too. So it really actually, Gave us a lot more data than what we intended to get. All right. So uh, how hard how hard was it to get Johnny to go along with this idea, Brewer, of cutting back on phosphorus? Well, we, we briefly talked about it, and I wrote the VRF scripts and sent to his machine. So he may have done it without even knowing it, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> he slipped He first, slipped in it. This is like, it is like, it. It is like, like slipping slip yeah. the vitamin in the kid's candy bar or something. Is yeah, that what you're he didn't trust me to write my own prescriptions anymore either. I've been writing prescriptions for 22 years, and this is the first year I let somebody else do it. But he knew he knew what was going to work, and he showed me on paper how it was going to work. So it was an easy thing for us to transition to. I want to get to the results. We titled this Why You Should Lower Phosphorus Levels and then How to Do It. So the how to do it will come when we go through the results, then how to do it. Let's talk about why you should lower it. First off, there's the economics. Um, how much are we talking about pulling off the table in close numbers that you could then use to reapportion somewhere else? So it's 25 pounds of P2O5, and that would be just dependent on source, whether it's 040 or 045 or, uh, I mean, 18460 or 0450. It, it really just depends on the source you're using, Damien. And, and, and you're, you're saying the phosphorus levels. I, I still believe levels in the field matter. We're talking about the application piece, the fertilizer. There we go. Let's call. Let's, let's call. We just you just changed the title. Why you should lower phosphorus input input application lower phosphorus applications. Yeah, I wasn't talking about levels by any means. You're right about that. Um, application rate. Why you should lower phosphorus application rates and and what we're really talking about. I know you just like you did a politician thing there, and you told me it depends on the source. What's the rough dollar amount you're talking about, Johnny? Thirty bucks an acre, twenty bucks an acre, fifty bucks an acre? It just depends. I mean, years like twenties. yeah, this year it's in the twenties that you're reducing, but you get back up to nine hundred from five hundred kind of dollar doubt too. It makes a big difference. But yeah, okay, yeah, so we're reducing the cost of the the additives that we're adding. Okay, so one of the reasons is you can save twenty or thirty bucks an acre. That's that's going to do with that number. Another reason is um, is there, is there a regular, is there a regulatory environment brewer that's going to force this? Yeah, there, so, so Damien, probably the most common places where we have a lot of litter production and manure applications and they're, they're already under strict nutrient management plans that they have to submit and, and adhere to. Um, and, and then to be honest with you, probably a, a good fit for this too is, we have, we have, um, so I was in West Texas two days ago, high pH, high phosphate levels in certain places because what's in the soil is not available. Um, and, and so 
what they normally do is still continue to put fertilizer out there, trying to have some plant available. Um, and I think this whole biological space and the ability to move that way is really about accessing what's in the soil, not what you're applying. And we have historically done a poor job of accessing what we're uh, what is in the soil in a lot of regions, whether it's um, the high high P levels, uh, excuse me, high pH levels across the Midwest, upper Midwest, Texas, East Coast, mineral organic soils, things like that. The other piece to it um, is, is not just the phosphorus, but the effect that that phosphorus has antagonizing micronutrient uptake, which is super critical on the high yield environments. And that's really where I think we get a lot of this benefit. Okay, I wanna talk about this. In like Ohio, they talked about too much phosphorus was in the soils. Northern Ohio is bleeding into, leaching into Lake Erie. They had an algae problem. That's something I was familiar with geez, 20 years ago because of where my farm is in Northeast Indiana. I don't sense that Johnny has this problem. So I don't think that there's there's a regulatory environment coming for him. Or is there because of a history of chicken litter? I don't know. You know Temple talks about it. Are you under the gun for managing phosphorus? Yeah, if we're not under the gun now, they're already looking at us. So when they start honing in on these other states, it's going to trickle down. All of our water goes to the Gulf. So we know we have issues in the Gulf. So we see it coming. And then, you know, another piece for us is the stratification. We've been no-tilling so long. It's hard for us to get the nutrients down, so it's a lot easier for us to use products to help them make the nutrients more available to the plant in general. So, okay, um, when you go about ratcheting this back, you've got to then make sure you're not taking a yield bump. So let's talk about the trials and then how you manage brewer to make sure that you're not taking a yield hit by cutting back. It's neat to talk about saving $25 an acre on phosphorus or being able to put it somewhere else, but it's got to make sense. Johnny has a business to run. So talk about the trial you did and managing to not lose yield. So in terms of the confidence in not taking a yield hit, um, um, Damien, the, the, the broadcast type application of phosphorus, we know we overapply because we know we have such a low recovery rate. So 25 pounds out is not that significant. Um, even though as a farmer, most times people are reluctant to do that, it's not that big. So I felt pretty confident that even in the absence of it, we weren't gonna take a yield hit. Um, and then the other piece is there, there are products out there, like you mentioned uh, in, the, in the trailer there, there are products out there that improve phosphorus utilization. I feel very confident, I've looked at those things long enough that I feel confident that they will increase the recovery rate of what we apply as well as help us tap into what's in the soil bank. And that's that was really the, 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 the gist of the trial is overlapping those things. And, and, and this is replicating beans and corn uh, across my, my base, if you will. Um, and, and we track some of this with uh, early season um, you know, tissue samples and things like that. Um, and then, you know, part of our program actually ensured that we did put a little bit at a critical timing. Um, part of his standard program on other acres, we know we're hitting that 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 gap, that seedling uh, seed to seedling phase. So I wasn't worried about that. And then the final piece, I guess, I would say is I have had experience where I improved the kind of phosphorus I apply and had a net increase in the in the micronutrient uptake, which I think at a, at that critical time has more impact. Uh, than, a, than, a, than a P reduction, if you will. So I had some confidence of what it was going to look like, maybe not to the extreme that it came back. Uh, Johnny, are you afraid of using banked phosphorus? I mean, generally we talk about, uh, you, you know, it, you can get by with something for a year or two or three. 
doing something like this, is there a concern that you're now depleting reserves of phosphorus or not? No, not not in this case here at all, because we're we're utilizing what we're putting out at such a much higher efficiency. So, and then we've been putting out fertilizer the same for hundred plus years. Yeah. And we know it's not the most efficient, so we're just having to figure out how to get to that efficient level. And and, and we're still soil testing, so yeah. you can go three years before you affect that. Well, we're going to soil sample at that point anyway, so we'll we'll have an understanding at that point. We've got products, and we work with some of the companies that have these products. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Proven. Uh, is it Proven 40? I think it is, and and some of these other ones that talk about your ability to reduce phosphorus and not take a yield hit with doing that. In your trials, did you use these kinds of products? Yes, we did. And, we and product from Sound Ag on this specific trial is through Sound Ag. Okay, this product is called, and what's the product called? Source. Okay, you use source on this, and does is it just trading money? Did you take twenty five dollars out of phosphorus and put it into twenty five dollars of source? Yes. Well, it wasn't twenty five dollars of source. It was fifteen. Oh, yeah, fifteen. It was actually yeah. So it was actually a net savings for sure on that. Okay, so a net savings called ten bucks, and then tell me about the yield. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so on average, um, I think Johnny's was eighteen. Um, the the combination of source and the reduction. Damien, I think was, I think we can attribute about fifteen to the fertilizer reduction. Another plus three or plus four on that on that field due to the source. Um, what those numbers you just gave me are those bushels? Yes, bushels. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Okay, yeah, sorry. Right. No, plus that's fine. Yeah, um, more. and and that is that is a like I said, I think it's a hundred. How big is that gravel road? One hundred fifty, yeah. one hundred five acres, something like that. And and that is across good and bad zones. So in some zones. The yield response was much greater, closer to 26, and now the other end was closer to 12. But it was somewhere around plus plus 15, plus 18, uh, 15 from the fertilizer reduction, and, and then another three on top of that. And the highest yielding stuff average across. Like I said, I had this on more places than Johnny, but on average, um, the high. Excuse me, average across everything, pulled across everything. The highest yielding corn treatments were phosphorus reduction with that product applied. Is it only, is it, can I do this on anything? You did it on corn. Your trials were all with corn. Is that the only place that I can do this? Or can I use it on, Johnny grows wheat. He grows wheat and double crop soybeans. Can he use soybeans. it? Yeah, we had the trials on soybeans too. And it was the same type of results. Well, not in soybeans. We, we actually don't need one year data on soybeans, but we don't need to pull that phosphorus out on soybeans. We lost a couple of bushels there. Um, which for, for, beans can have a real hard time getting phosphorus anyway. Um, I, 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 I'm not sold on cutting back. Now, the application of source on top of it still performed whether you reduced it or not. But I want another year of data before I recommend pulling phosphorus out of my out of my beans. Now I was talking about the source. We did get yeah. the trial results on the right. source on the soybeans, yeah. not the reduction of it. And it performed whether we reduced or not. And honestly, I'd have to go back and look. I can't tell you that reducing P and adding source wasn't the exact same thing as the, the standard P application. I'd have to go back and look at that. So, John, when the person asked, um, we said, and how you can go about reducing your phosphorus application rates, the how is you do it, first off. Maybe you let somebody like Brewer sneak it in on you because you were reluctant or even a little bit um, uh, Intrepidation might have been the word you, you said. I'm not sure I'm gonna do this. I'm not sure. And the same with thing with Matt. And then to do it, can you 
it would I'm guessing it'd be silly to do it without the product like source. Like in other words, don't don't do this blind. Do it with the accompaniment, right? That's right. That's right. And we start off small scale. Then this year we went to a larger farm or larger field sizes to do more replication. So this would be more of a standard farm and practice for us coming here. And we're we're a year behind on, on phosphorus. We started doing this with nitrogen. He as as progressive as he is, I had to fight with him on cutting back on nitrogen too. I mean, whole farm. Now he's whole farmer and used nitrogen from a similar type. Uh, set up we're just just now getting into the phosphorus brewery you know what the old thing you can take the boy out of the you can take these farmers they all are bullheaded they all they they can't be you know let's just face it so of course you had to fight with even johnny who we like and and he normally listens to you know important people like you he he still you know you gotta you gotta push him around a little bit sometimes that's how that's how i've worked with them and it's worked out magically anyway (laughs) let's uh let's go another one here um you peeled back a certain amount. Does next year rate get pulled back even more? In other words, are you, are you going to keep testing this on how much P, how much how much P application to cut until you've gone too far? Yes, um, that that kind of thing can get get difficult, I guess, particularly on large scale stuff. Yes, we'll we'll increase in rates um, and, and, and do that. The other, the other kind of, I guess you'd say concept, the way we're thinking about it is how does that equate to convenience at the farm gate? Is that something where we can take an entire farm of Johnny's and put out all of our pea for the corn and bean crop that's coming before the beans and not put any out in front of the corn, but using products like this. And then the the flip side on the potassium piece, can we put all of our P, our, our K out in front of the corn crop or the corn, which have been being the residue, dump right back it out into the bean rotation. So, so it, it, as, as much as rates, yeah, to some extent, but I, we're, we're looking at this maybe a, a whole farm a little, a little differently. Yeah. And, and we talked about uh, the other two, you know, dangling low hanging fruits, you said in, and maybe even K, uh, do we have a product like a source to do that with? We don't yet. Right. Well, I'll, I'll touch on two things. I think in this residue management space, you, you mentioned extract earlier, um, corn does not remove that much potassium. It requires a lot to make a crop, but in terms of removing with grain, it's not that much. It is bound in that organic matter. And so residue management can help free that up and get that into the plant. And then some of these products, Damien, by cutting other nutrients like phosphorus, you get better uptake of what's out there, potassium included. And, and they're, they're like the, the source piece. I've, I've, got, I've got a tissue sample data where applications of source, while they don't claim it, we actually end up with greater uptake of potassium in that sense too. Johnny, the person that's a little bit uh, of a naysayer, and I was joking when I was picking. Well, I was only kind of joking because let's face it, farmers need a little picking on once in a while. There, there's sometimes they are reluctant, and I understand because you don't want to have a yield drag. You're sometimes reluctant because it's making a change, and it could involve a little bit of work. But in this case, it wasn't. Any, it was no more work. It was just a matter of uh, a little risk. Um, to the person that's like you, what do you tell them? They yeah. want to do this. Uh, I, I my advice would be: I think this is coming. I think you're going to have no choice but to cut back on your P applications. Probably that's my thought. Yours? Yeah, so, yeah, it's coming. We know it is. The biggest thing is to just start off small on the farm, do some trials, move it into larger field sizes, and then figure out really what works. Because there's a lot of different products out there, and some of them may work different in our area versus somewhere else in the country too. So 
we kind of look at it working with Brewer. He's kind of scattered all over the South. So you kind of get data points from all across the South and we can learn real fast. It kind of speeds up our process probably two or three years on which products are really giving us the response. Brewer, um, the person that's also saying, because this is another one that we always hear, well, that would work in Jackson, Tennessee, but that wouldn't work where I farm. The farmers love to do that thing. It would never work here. You couldn't do that here. Anything climatologically, anything um, uh, soil-wise, uh, north, south, cold, hot, uh, cropping systems, what's your thought here on, on the, the viability of this? across different regions you know and that will tie back to you know that 20 percent i said on phosphorus kind of varies by biological activity of the soil the nature of the soil cc type um, issues there and, and another thing is what is the factor that's holding that back whether it's you know application it's it's your your original soil test is low and so the soil's gobbling it up is it high ph and therefore you get you know calcium phosphate form and you can't access it I don't think that the result of, I, I still think there's room for reduction, Damien, but the products that we might use to improve the efficiency, the recovery rate of that may be different in different areas. And that's why I view this mainly as here's some data to support you cutting fertilizer and let's evaluate this product that makes sense. The, the data, while yes, it's important on, on the economics, but to give some sense of security to these guys that are reluctant to go back on fertilizers where I'm using this stuff currently. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you didn't tell me though. I got all of that. Is there, a, is there a case to be made that it, it will work in Jackson, Tennessee? It will work at Matt Miles Farms, but it won't work in North Dakota. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I can't imagine, but I, I'm just, you're the one that's the, the guy that's the soil guy. No, I think I think these things will work everywhere, but pairing it with a product, the product may vary by region that helps improve that recovery rate. Yeah. So, and and to Johnny's point, you will not do this without a, a nit. What do we call that? It? It's a phosphorus replacement, or you know, the the source. What what is what what would we call that type of product? I lump all this stuff into biological space, improving nutrient use efficiency. And Johnny says do it experiment with it but do not do it blind do it with one of these that's right that's right don't go don't go naked do it with a, a product that helps replace that says that's that, that that's their 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 reason for being is replace helping you cut back on phosphorus that's right that's right and i mean finding a network to work with also helps to just speeds that process up narrows the products down in a hurry and so did I hear we're heading, we're recording this in December of 23. When I look to 2024, is every acre going to have a phosphorus reduction or are we, how, how, how broad acre are we going with now? We, how broad are we taking this new methodology and practice uh, on Varel farms? Yeah, we'll probably go to half this year off of what we've seen. And then if it continues to trend the same way, we'll be uh, whole farm adaptive next year. Probably. So half, half the acres next year are going to get it. All right, Brewer, somebody wants to go a little deeper on this. Uh, how do they find you? Uh, David, you can look me up online and give you my email address, but my southern accent trying to say my email address doesn't go across audio very well. 
All right. His name is Brewer Blessed. If you uh, if you want to find out, because uh, the guys work with him and, and speak highly of him, and and uh, and I think that uh, he's got some good stuff to share. Johnny Varell, one of our Extreme Ag guys, and uh, and he's awesome. Jackson, Tennessee, uh, lots of good stuff out here. If you want to hear more about all this stuff, you know what? We got a library essentially of content. Hundreds of these podcast that I've produced with them and also the videos that they shoot in the field. Share this with somebody that can benefit from it. If you want to take your farming game to the next level for 750 bucks a year, you can become an Extreme Ag member. You get exclusive content. You get access to guys like Johnny, like question and answer format. We can go a little deeper on stuff. You also get special offers. Like, for instance, you could go to Commodity Classic for free. That's right. Our friends over at Nature's are going to help make that happen. If you're an Extreme Ag member, you go to Commodity Classic. Your admission is free. So you know what? You're getting a whole bunch of your 750 back. It's a small price to pay for a whole bunch of helpful information to take your farming game to the next level. Till next time, that's Brewer Blessed. That's Johnny Burrell. My name is Damian Mason. Thanks for joining us here on Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.